everyone. Hey. Welcome back to Fun Facts with, with mm-hmm. Ike and, and Kass. Yep. Um, anyway, today's fun fact. Did you know the word podcast is a portmanteau of iPod and broadcast? The more you know. The you, more you know. Did you also know if you make a podcast, um, you're probably not going to make money off of it unless your name is Joe Rogan. Exactly. But did you know that... Joe Rogan took horse paste to treat COVID-19. So, honestly, you're better off not being Joe Rogan. Yep. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode... Isaac, guess what fucking episode it is? Uh, 40. It is episode fucking 40. Yay. Can you believe we sat down 40 different times to talk about movies? No way. And still, there has not been less than one listener on any of those episodes. So at least one person has listened to every, every single episode, you know? Or, or, you know, maybe not one person listens to every single episode, but... You know, there's always one. There's always one, exactly. Like, But it's not necessarily always just one out there. Mm-mm. You know, sometimes there's a master. Sometimes there's an apprentice. The rule of two? two? Two there are. Yeah. But then if you ignore the rule of two and you really take a look at the universe, there's actually a master, there's apprentice, and then there's like 50 other guys in the, yep. in the extended universe lore that you didn't know about coexisting at the same time. But don't worry, the Jedi also have like 300 people who are actually secretly alive during the event of the original Star Wars trilogy. So it balances out really a bunch of fucking people you didn't know about were just fighting it out I'm getting, the whole time i'm getting whiplash from this this barrage of facts right now what of the star wars lore that you're laying down what uh what kind of whiplash like i'm just thinking about all the stories and all the books and all the the quote-unquote canon lore that's out there that completely dismantles the uh rules of operations that the film films rely on Ooh. This is, here's something I want to talk about okay. in regards to the extended universe. Yeah. Are you at all following the games that have yeah. been announced this past weekend? Okay. I, I know the hype. Yeah. The Knights of the Old Republic yeah. remake has been confirmed and that, oh, that could just about ruin me yeah. financially because that means I need a PlayStation 5. Yeah. And getting a PlayStation 5, as you know, is no simple task. It, uh, no, it's kind of like... Uh... It's kind of like uh, finding the, uh... oh shit, I just ruined my own joke. I was going to make an Indiana Jones reference with the with the goblet, which one was the true goblet, but I couldn't think of the right terminology. Okay. It's like finding the right the right goblet that won't kill you. We need to come up with a heist plan we do. on air right now. Okay. How do Casey and Isaac get a PlayStation 5? From, Let's just yeah. walk it through, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Okay, first step. Probably Google to see if PlayStation 5s have been restocked. Right. Um, um, let's pick a target Best Buy. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I'm just not even going to Google it, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's not in stock. Okay. Okay, so what's our next course of action? Walmart, possibly? Well, mm, they don't have it. They don't have it, okay. Let's. So Facebook Marketplace, that's a good place to search yeah. for some asshole who's bought a PlayStation 5 and is selling, and selling it for it $900. For, yeah. So here's the heist part. We message one of these buyers. He's like, I want $875 for a disc PlayStation 5. Yeah. You know, it's worth 500 at right. retail. Who cares? You Who know, cares? let's humor him. Okay. We meet up with said individual. 
but let's pick the spot, yeah? Okay. Where we meet, but let's not say anywhere real in Arkansas that could dox us, even though right. we've doxed ourselves plenty of times. Yeah. Um, let's say let's meet behind the old gas station on 5th. Mm. Yep. Yes, that one. Mm-hmm. And then, when we get there, and he's got the PlayStation 5 in his hand, you know, we'll be like, hey, uh, what's your cash app? We'll get that sent over right now. And he'll be all like, my cash app is scumbag. Mm-hmm. Three, three, two, and then what are we doing? We are Do we taking the PlayStation right as we're he's handing the PlayStation off. Right, this is where we need a third person. Okay, so we have a person come in a vehicle and by screeching halt, pull up right beside us. He runs with the PlayStation. Whoever he handed the PlayStation to runs to the runs to the car to get in. They get away. Okay, here's the genius of it. We'll we'll be like. What the hell just happened? Who was that guy? Exactly. Why did you hire that guy to take that PlayStation? You're running a scam yeah. where you're having some guy in a car come and steal the PlayStations you're selling to people. You give us $875 right now because that's what we paid for. Exactly. And then he gives it to us. And then you we know, walk away with cash and a new just, PS5. Yeah, but hold on. We got to deal with this third guy. Oh, we yeah. don't want any loose ends. No loose we ends. don't want Here's the thing. You're right. He probably wants a PlayStation 5. Okay. I say, we put him in his room and we lock the door. Okay. I, I agree. Good plan. Casey. Yeah. There's only one PlayStation 5. So I guess I'd give it to you. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't need a PlayStation I, no, 5. No, I mean, you're so selfless. Wait, right. Hey, I don't need the PlayStation 5 either. Let's Do you want it? it. Do you... No, I'm good. I don't need it. You don't need it? No. Do you think that guy... We could sell it for $900. Yeah, let's go on Facebook Marketplace. Okay. (laughs) Well, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We have a plan. We're going to get in. We're going to get out. We're good. All right. See you all next week. Ooh. But um, also coming out for PlayStation 5 as an exclusive is this really great... um, looking wolverine game and what why i say it looks great is like there's actually nothing out about it yet but Mm -hmm. insomniac games made spider-man which was a fucking masterpiece and on top of that i was worried for a second you know wolverine means no spider-man 2 same day trailer for spider-man 2 so we are doing so good we are getting all the good games um yeah i uh i there's a uh guy i've been watching for a long time called mr maddie plays and um, I got into him when I was getting into Fallout back in 2013. Oh. And he's, his channel was blowing up as I was watching him. And now he's like he covers like Xbox game news. And he's like one of his biggest uh, wishes in his entire life is for them to remake Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Because he's a huge Star Wars fan. And he's a, like that's one of his favorite games. And when they announced it, his, he was like going off on Twitter. and everything. So that's how I heard about it. I was like, okay, so they're remaking... Couture, uh, and then I saw like I saw they you know announced Spider Man two and Wolverine, and I was like, holy shit, bro! This this is a packed packed uh, year next year, I guess, or one of them's coming out in twenty twenty three. But big big day for PlayStation five owners, all mm-hmm. three of them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all, all all three, three guys are gonna be really excited really about it. <laughs> just get their shit together for real. I just how why is it so hard to buy? You know, PlayStation, and I don't know if this is still a problem with the Xbox too, because last year mm-hmm. it was 
The Xboxes you can pretty much find anywhere now. Um, I think it has to do mainly with the pandemic, with all technology, because you know the graphic, the new graphics cards and yeah. stuff were really hard to find. It's something to do with COVID and manufacturing. I'm not entirely sure why it had such a big impact on the tech side of like the industry, yeah. but it did. And, and PS5 is getting hit pretty fucking hard. It did seem like tech was doing really well though all yeah. throughout the pandemic, but I guess like developing tech, yeah. not so much, just like stuff that was already out there. Man, scalpers came out of the woodwork bro dude uh, when ridiculous how did you get a hold of toilet paper last year i feel like that's a fun story um there was one roll left at sam's club and it was or no at walmart but it was the really really shitty one ply toilet mm. paper and it was like a six pack so we just bought and that was really bad because we actually had no toilet paper like we were out and yeah. we were like we need to find some fucking toilet paper and we went to four different stores and finally i think one of the walmarts here um, had toilet paper, but it was like really shitty, and there was like one left on the shelf, so we grabbed it. Um, yeah, it's just really bad. It was that 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 was probably the thing. I've never been more angry in my entire life than seeing that shit unfold. Hey, that's kind of a pun there. You hey, I'm, hey, whoa, hey. <laughs> but yeah. Um, speaking of shit, did you watch any movies? <laughs> no. Well, oh yeah, I did. I, I watched one yesterday. Um, uh, yeah. I, and I, I don't feel like we'll have an extended. Well, actually, I kind of want to have a little discussion For that sure. won't be spoilers. It's Shang Chi. We'll get mm-hmm. there. But Casey, what have you watched in the meantime? So I watched a couple of doodads. Um, first movie that I watched that was really interesting was Freaks. Mm. Um, old uh, 30s film pre pre code um, about circus people like, oh. uh, what they would what they would call them it's an outdated term but circus freaks is you know where the movie got its name um surprisingly very endearing movie very pro uh you know it's like anti uh i they were they were not making fun of the people of the of the circus people with oh, all okay. the disabilities and stuff like that they're actually showcasing them in a pretty heartwarming way and it's a it's sort of, it's like a drama slash uh, revenge plot. Uh, really interesting film. It was. It's been banned in the UK though. Is banned for like sixty years in the UK for being too horrific. And if you look at the genre, it says it's a horror movie. Because, but it's not actually a horror movie, right? No, it's some of the imagery, the way the director framed some of the you know, so-called freaks of the movie. Uh, like at the end, they like attack this person who well deserved attack. He's tried to kill one of them, so they were re- you know getting revenge on him. And the way they were attacking him was actually kind of horrifying, like the way really? it was framed and everything. Um, the the movie was originally an hour and a half long, um, but the studio said it was disgusting um, seeing all these uh, disabled people on screen, and so they were like, "This is ridiculous. This is nasty. Um, let's cut this down." And they made it. Yeah, it's that one right there. Yeah. With oh yeah, you got the yeah, and um, so they cut it down to like an hour and like barely an hour and ten minutes. Um, and that was what they released in theaters and a lot of people didn't like it, but critics have revered it for being, um, you know, not, uh, not prejudice really, uh, yeah. against the actors and everybody that were, were that, cause they all, they used all the people that were in it or nearly all the people that were in it, you know, actually had, um, you know, there was a guy with like no limbs whatsoever and he could like light a cigarette using only his mouth, uh, which is wow. really cool. That is really cool. This yeah. movie looks really interesting. Oh yeah, I would highly, highly recommend watching it. It's it's very, it's like really funny. 
uh, as well. It's a, it's like I would say it's like a drama comedy. Wow, um, uh, uh, the original dramedy. Yeah, the original dramedy. But yeah, that was interesting. I really, I really like that one. Um, and then I watched. <laughs> This is an interesting... I don't know if anybody's heard of this, but apparently it's sort of like a cult classic. So there may be some people out there that's heard of it. You might have heard of it. It's called Willard. Willard. It is about a... So there's two versions. There's a, a 60s or 70s version, and then there's the 2003 version. Um, and it's about this guy who his uh, father... He works for this company that his father once worked for, but his father's dead. And he lives with his uh, you know, ailing, very ill mother... And he's basically a Joker type character, you know, constantly mm. shit on and stuff. But he makes friends with rats, and by the end of the movie, he has like an army of rats that like listen to him and his commands, uh, and he gets uh, revenge on some people. And it's very campy, you know, kind of weird. I watched the '70s version. I want to watch the 2003 version because that one has okay. higher ratings than the original. Oh, um, but the movie's very. It's very '70s. It's kind of they don't label it as a horror movie, but you can kind of it's like it's like a, a creature feature in hiding sort of. Um, really kind of funny. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just some just put it on. You know, just watch it. It's interesting. Um, definitely not you know the most amazing movie I've ever seen, but it was very. I had I had a fun time with it. Um, it was funny seeing him control rats yeah. by talking to them and stuff. Um, and then earlier, I watched a really interesting advice documentary uh, called Too Soon, uh, Jokes uh, After 9-11, her oh. comedy after 9-11. That one was really interesting because they basically went through the whole, like, up until almost present day. They explored, you know, about six, seven years after the event and uh, about, like, the uh, just not even a week after all the comedy shows that were coming back. There was a bunch of like uh, think piece, think pieces and, and acts coming out about like uh, can we ever laugh again? Like when is it safe to resume normal life? Because it was you know a huge uh, tragedy and um, it just explored like what some comedians did and you know easing back into it. There were some really good jokes. They figured out where to target uh, their yeah. comedy. You know not make fun of the people that died and the event itself, but. Like one of the things they did was make fun of the terrorists and like point anger at them and then um, stuff like that. But in the in the weeks after, they there was a roast of Hugh Hefner mm. and uh, Gilbert Gottfried. He was the first one to make a a joke that was like super, you know, like oh god, that's that's really bad. That's very um, dark. Yeah, very dark. He was the first one to make the first. He made a joke about getting on a plane uh, to go to LA or something, but they had to stop at the Empire State Building first. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he kind of spearheaded that, but then it, it, like, snowballed, where, like, comedians were talking when, like, some comedians made jokes, and they inadvertently caused a lot of the Islamophobia, because mm. they were making jokes about the terrorists, and people took that as, you know, brown people, and uh, people, and Muslims, and stuff like that. But then, uh, right after that, there was an uprising of uh, Middle Eastern comedians who were like Americans that started a tour. They called it the Axis of Evil tour, parodying George Bush's comments, yeah. and it like was super popular. Really, so they were telling it from like their perspective. They were making jokes about, um, you know, like their culture being like. Uh, you know, like a ter they they made jokes about them being terrorists or and whatnot. It was really funny, and they kind of dispelled some of the 
you know, the hate that they were getting. Um, and then later, obviously, now it's, you know, almost 20 years after, or at least even six or seven years after, we can talk about it. And they even, like, uh, when the what the Bush administration did by going to war in Iraq, they started making fun of that. Uh, that's yeah. how they started the 9-11 jokes. They basically, you know, kept, like, mutating and transforming until where we are today, where we have Pete Davidson, whose yeah. father died in it, just blatantly making, like, really... Like my dad's fucking dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, those kind of jokes. It was really interesting, though. It was... Uh, it's on YouTube, if you want to go check it out. Like, yeah. uh, really interesting some of the... Like, they tell... They show you a bunch of the jokes that were made in just the immediate days after, and you can kind of see how it, like, transforms later on. Well, that's that's something that's always been interesting to me is like i do feel like comedy in 9-11 um you know the 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 censorship of a lot of jokes you know and mm-hmm. the it's too soon or you're yeah. not a patriot you know i feel like 9-11 was the ultimate tool in justifying like yeah. the it, it unrelated invasion you know like mm-hmm. it wasn't even about getting bin laden yeah so i mean it's it's cool that jokes about the terrorists started happening, but I definitely do think that helped that the Bush administration like move yeah, in. Definitely. You know, like any humor that was coming out, mm-hmm. it it was with the agenda of yeah. what we were trying to get done. And I mean, that's I guess that's what's so crazy is like twenty years later, you know, we're just leaving Afghanistan, which is what we invaded right after nine eleven, right. and we didn't we didn't do shit in <laughs> Afghanistan, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, why did we go? What was the point of it all? Were we patriots or were we not? I mean, yeah. like, what what was so patriotic about anything that mm-hmm. happened? And I think that's the whole conundrum of 9-11 is it was just, it was a tragedy that was taken advantage of. I actually um, was sent a tweet uh, from, uh, it was a excerpt from Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was surprisingly... Um, predictive with this uh, with this little sentiment. Uh, this this was basically right after 9/11. The week after 9/11, he wrote this: "We are at war now, according to President Bush, and I take him at his word." He also says that this war might last for a very long time. Generals and military scholars will tell you that eight or ten years is actually not such a long time in the span of human history, which is no doubt true. But history also tells us that 10 years of martial law and a wartime economy are going to feel like a lifetime to people who are in their 20s today. The the poor bastards of what will forever be known as Generation Z are doomed to be the first generation of Americans who will grow up with a lower standard of living than their parents enjoyed. That is extremely heavy news, and it will take a while for it to sink in. The 22 babies born in New York City while the World Trade Center burned will never know what they missed. The last half of the 20th century will seem like a wild party for rich kids compared to what's coming now. The party's over, folks. Um, but, I mean, God, God. damn. Like, yeah. he, he had it nailed to the point that we, like, babies being born that right. week, you know, we're still feeling the consequences of mm-hmm. 9-11. Like, we're, our, our generation's, it, it's broke as shit unless oh, you yeah. were born to, like, relatively rich parents. Or, right. You know, and enjoy the the privileges of, of, of being white, but I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's just it's crazy. Twenty years out uh, to to examine the whole event and mm-hmm. and the culture uh, like around it, like nine eleven. Despite how many jokes we can make about it, I mean, I, yeah. I, I guess it is probably the most important event in recent American history. But unfortunately, yeah. I think it's one of the 
most harmful events yeah. for being important, you know? Yeah. And it's, 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 I hate that it's really our administration's fault for making, like, 9-11 could be this thing where we look upon it with, you know, like, obviously sadness, like, it is a tragedy, so yeah. many people died, it was, it was horrible, it was meaningless violence, uh, but now it's been turned in, it was the, basically the, the tipping point for us to, this 20 year fucking war that has just fucked everything yeah. for, for worse. And so like, you can't help but look on it with kind of like disdain, like, Oh God, it's that fucking day again. So Do you, I mean, and it makes me think like the people who died in, in, in nine 11, you know, like if they, if even just one person had survived that tragedy and had to look at what it did to the world today, I mean, like, I cannot imagine, like, how they would feel mm -hmm. about it, you know? Yeah. And I guess that's the, that's always going to be the terribly sad thing about this event is, like, despite all the conspira conspiracy theories and despite all the speculation and, like, what happened and why yeah. it happened, you know, we'll never fully know because the people who could tell us like yeah. the the most details are are all deceased, you know, yeah. and and the guy who orchestrated the whole thing deceased. Mm -hmm. The administration that you know punished the uh, the 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 perpetrators. I mean, they're all on their way out. Donald Rumsfeld died this year, and I mean that's his legacy. And uh, this is a political podcast, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch anything else? Uh, no, that's about it for me. Nice. I I'm trying to think if I watched anything like. Fine. Oh, we rewrought we rewatched uh, Breaking Bad season one this, oh, this yeah. last week. Oh yeah, we were talking about that the other day. Yeah. What? I mean, just, just the just best the television best. show of all I time. Know, I, know. I mean, there, there's not really any flaws. Like, I I kind of expected season one to be like worse uh, yeah. in in this rewatch, but like honestly, it's it's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, you can tell though that it is weaker than the other seasons because of the writer strike that was for happening sure. at that time. For sure. But also. The writer strike, an amazing like tool in making Breaking Bad and what it is today. Do you know what was supposed to happen in the latter yes. half of season one? Yeah. yeah. So like Jesse's death would have yeah. been a terrible misstep, and then mm -hmm. Walt Jr. was supposed to get killed by some like saw-like contraption, and oh Walter was going to be like full-on evil by the end of season one. Just like it sounds really bad. I'm sure it would have been better with the context of whatever the fuck happened in the show but like what they ended up doing instead is, is way better than that better, yeah. yeah interestingly on the other side of the spectrum the writer's strike absolutely destroyed uh, a, a series that i loved up until the last season or two which was lost oh yeah the writer's strike happened right in the middle of lost um season four is like this weird 13 episode yeah. run and they fucked a lot of shit fucked up a lot of shit up because i i feel like lost is like peak what television is like supposed to be every episode is a cliffhanger there's a million fucking questions a million reasons you should keep watching the show mm -hmm. right and then at the like just that strike in the middle was every everybody's idea was like you know torn you know into and then they had to gather up the pieces and jigsaw it back together and we're left with a fucking frankenstein of a monster at the end which could, that show could have had that show could have been on Breaking Bad levels. Yeah, had it you know it's run its like actual due course and not had any interruptions or interferences like that, um, and been maybe two seasons shorter. But yeah, I think I think the flashbacks especially were yeah. getting a little bit 
much yeah, by that season sure. anyway. You know, it's yeah. like what what more is there to learn about yeah. these characters? And then they then they started like flashing sideways. The it, sideways it, flashes still make no damn sense. And I don't care if you say you get it, you don't. It doesn't no. make any sense. No, it's it's purgatory or something, <laughs> yeah, right? Or that's yeah. what they go with that's, in the end. Yeah, I, but it doesn't make it good. No. That that answer doesn't like clarify anything. You know, it's kind of lazy it's so lazy it's so fucking lazy so bad and i also hate the okay sorry we just jumped into last season lost spoilers but you know what you don't need to watch lost anymore i mean you can watch like seasons one through three and have a good time fill in the blanks with your imagination yep but like the also how like black and white it got towards the end where there's literally you know the man in black and like jacob and it's like oh it's it's just a battle of good versus evil I, it's so boring you yeah. know like i i liked in the other seasons the conflicts were like within the group mm-hmm. or like even when they were fighting the others like the others were like people with interesting like viewpoints and like warp psychology from having been on the island like the character of ben on that show is really interesting to me yeah. still yeah um i don't remember that actor's name but he's really great i don't know um, the the one with the glasses you know who i'm talking about I right? know, yeah I don't know. yeah i don't remember but um i do remember that my senior quote was from john locke really uh, yeah i uh, loved john locke. i love Locke that character so much but he was bastardized in the last season yeah my mom hated john locke and then by by the time the last season rolled around i was like yeah i don't, I, I don't get what i liked about him <laughs> but he was so good he was then. he was he was uh, an amazing character especially his episode in season one where he figured out he literally couldn't walk before this and you're like okay now we're getting into like sci-fi elements yeah. of the show and it got really freaking interesting but you know what is kind of an interesting show on right now that hmm. i totally blew off after its first episode what if oh yeah yeah have you have you watched I any of that i watched uh, i watched the first episode yeah that one is the worst yeah I, I mean like it's not the actors fall and also i feel like a lot of people might feel like oh people don't like that episode because they put like peggy carter in captain america's no, role that's not what's that's, wrong with it no. it's just like too much a riff on yeah. the first avenger and there's not a lot of new ideas or and it's not very good like i'm just not gonna lie it was it was very underwhelming which is why it was surprising like starting with the t'challa as star lord episode like the show got really fun and it was really interesting to see that concept like fully fleshed out and then episode three is like a fun like whodunit like Mm -hmm. murder thing it's really great episode four is just like heartbreaking um and episode five wasn't all that good again but like i i feel like people online are gonna disagree about that because it has like zombies in it 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 was interesting that they did what they did in that episode though like i i want to say like what if if it does have any lasting consequences on the greater universe as a whole, that'll be cool. But I just like how balls to the wall they can get with some of these concepts. And they mm-hmm. can just... well, And I don't want to spoil anything, but they can kill whoever the fuck they want yeah. in an episode. And that's great. Yeah. Like There are real stakes that are missing from the actual Marvel movies themselves. Yeah. Like, I'm having more fun watching What If than I did watching, like, Black Widow or, like, the past couple like non-avengers related movies like captain marvel or yeah. I, i'm trying to remember 
last bullshit that came out. It's been Spider Man so Far From Home. Spider Man Far From Home, yeah, that one wasn't very good either. Yeah. They just haven't and had Man a spectacular run. No. Ooh. <laughs> I will I will say, uh, in terms of solo movies, we, we do have a bit of a turnaround with yeah. Shang Chi. Um it's good. It's it's good. It's, it's, it's good. Um it is Marvel. But it's good. It's very good Marvel in the fact that it has a lot of standalone elements. Right. It doesn't really depend on the larger universe as a whole. There is still moments that'll make you kind of groan or maybe excite you depending on what you want when mm-hmm. you go to these movies. I, I personally was like, can we focus on, you know, Simu, Lu, and mm-hmm. Aquafina? Because I really like the two characters at the center of this movie. Right. And I love the fighting, especially. Yeah, I heard it's, it's really good. And the villain. Really great in this movie. Like, probably the best I've villain heard. since Killmonger or, or Thanos. Um, mm-hmm. He's fantastic. Tony Leong, I think is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. He, he's he been in a lot of, you know, uh, Chinese, like, over, over overseas movies. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, his first Hollywood movie. And he kills it. I, I love all of the actors they've chosen for this movie. I think that the only thing I would point to as something that holds this movie back is it's got that Marvel like third act CGI nonsense and excess. Yeah. Like I think I saw a review on Letterboxd that was like it, it, this movie would be three times better if it cost half as much. Mm-hmm. And I actually wanted to ask you, you know, do you think that we would get movies that have a lot more heart and and soul or you know just are better made if a lot of these you know big budget superhero movies especially had like you know maybe a 10 million dollar budget instead of like a hundred million dollar budget oh yeah definitely no i'm a firm believer um because i'm sure Raimi and nolan didn't have that big of budgets for their first movies and they're considered some of the best superhero films ever and you can just see that the budget for batman begins wasn't you know insanely huge just from how he shot it um i am curious though are you looking up the oh shit what 150 million u.s dollars to make you batman are begin. kidding me i well I, never... I i bet you batman is one that they but the way nolan shoots Dark Knight and and Batman Begins, like those movies. I, I bet you Spider Man's expensive too, because they went all in on CGI for the time. Let's That's see. That's true. Let's, Let's see what's the budget for Spider Man Two. Uh, well, wait. Oh, this is okay. So, the box office is quite high. Ooh, it was huge. Hold on, Raimi. Uh, budget. Budget. There we go. I just couldn't think of the word. One hundred and thirty-nine million. So, so I mean, so I was wrong. I thought they had smaller budgets, but I guess. I mean, can you think of a superhero movie that had a small budget? I okay, so I mean, obviously the uh, the first. Oh, sorry. Let me. I'm I'm looking at Shang Shang Chi's budget, which was two hundred million dollars. So I mean, it is higher these days. Like the cost to make these movies has definitely got higher. But oh my god, what? dude! Spider Man Two cost two hundred million dollars to make. Spider Man Three two fifty million. And the amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man was two hundred and thirty million. The only thing that comes to my head right now is like those, you know, kind of grittier movies like uh, Super by James Gunn, right, or like right. um, yeah, I don't know if Sin there. City was all that expensive. Here, um, these are the top ten low budget superhero movies. 
Super is one yeah, of Yeah, Super. Two. So James Gunn. Yeah, obviously. and then uh, Griff the Invincible. I feel like Kick-Ass didn't have a super high budget, and that's a pretty mm-hmm. great movie. Okay, you cannot count Mystery Man. Oh, th- there's this list that we are looking at right now that... We'll tell you the title. It's 10 low-budget superhero movies that are actually better than the big screen. And then they have Mystery Men at Most number seven. seven. I love I love bad, fun movies just as much as the yeah. next person. But, but you do not lie to yourself. And Defend. then they have Defender on here. Like, like, yeah, I like Defender, but come on. like I'm Toxic Avenger. I mean, it's a trauma classic. Oh, my God. The Invisible, Invisible Boy, Boy, Fast... Okay, Fast Color was really good. I have not seen Fast yes, Color. This is, you need to watch. This is an interesting movie. Fast oh, Color. Oh, okay. Very, very, very good. Well, um, shit, it looks very cool. Super Bob and Turbo Kid. All right, so what? this doesn't give us any... These are now just... that... Those are some... Well, now that you ask me, though, I'm like, I don't know too many low-budget superhero movies. And I yeah. think, like... Maybe it's just the way the genre's gone is like we're looking for more consistency across mm-hmm. movies rather than like stylistic tone in each movie. And I think, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know why there's such a disconnect because, I mean, Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3, I mean, like the Raimi Spider-Man movies definitely use a lot of CGI oh, for their time, too. But those climaxes don't feel quite as excessive until Spider-Man 3, maybe, you know? But, like, every Marvel movie feels like there's, like, major explosions and, like, a disconnect from the plot. That's what pissed me off about Shang-Chi is, like, you have really good personal conflict at the center of the movie. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but, like, in the third act, things kind of escalate and change. And it's like, this isn't as good. And also, this looks... This looks expensive. This looks like this is where most of your budget went. Mm -hmm. But this is the worst part of your movie. Yeah. You know? And I I think that's maybe why I think, you know, if they only had like $50 million to make Shang-Chi, you you probably have a few more no-names, actually. Um, Mm. You probably have more emphasis on fight choreography. And I will say... The fight choreography is great in Shang-Chi, but it would have been maybe even cool to, like, see less CGI in those scenes and just have, like, you know, a pretty brutal, like, martial arts film. I think that's the thing is it just feels more real mm-hmm. whenever it's lower budget, you know? Oh, it for feels sure. down to earth, and that's something superhero movies just don't do anymore. They don't come back to, to yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, because even thinking about it, um, now... You know, the I can't think of the last Marvel movie that had like a down to earth in recent in the past that had like you know didn't have like this huge climactic thing. Like I feel like even the Dark Knight, you know, it's like that that movie had a huge budget. It mm-hmm. was like you know the whole, widely considered one of the best superhero movies, and I mean. Batman didn't fight a hundred guys in, in a in a in a fucking in the city while a bunch of buildings were exploding and shit. Like I don't, I just feel like that is so. That's the biggest thing that threw me off about Black Panther, is like I recently rewatched it. Oh, the third act's like terrible. It's so bad. It's so so fucking bad. Like the action in the other rest of the movie, even though it is big and, and grand. I mean, Wakanda is a huge you know city. Uh, like. 
um, country, I guess, and and they want to show that off, but like. The third act is in an open field, and it, it, there's so much CGI. In yeah, it. the rhinos is the worst part for yes. me. Like that's what I instantly think of when I think of Black Panther's like ending, or anytime someone criticizes it, it's like, oh, Black Panther isn't as good as people say. And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, if you ignore the last third, I disagree with you. Right. But if we acknowledge that that shit happened, that like there were people riding rhinos and like yeah. Wakandan like you know, Gungan force fields, essentially. Like, <laughs> I'll call it, like, George Lucasm. I mean, George Lucasism, because that's essentially what it is. It's, like, in your third act, you need this, like, crazy CGI, mm. like, battle to happen because that's been the precedent since Phantom Menace, you know? Phantom Menace, I would say, not the best movie ever. <laughs> you know, not, not even all that great. <laughs> Or it's mediocre but like the best part of phantom menace is juxtaposed with easily one of the worst sequences which is you know just that really solid fight choreography with darth maul obi-wan and uh qui-gon jinn mm. versus jar 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 has to get the blue ball over to the tank and then anakin's gotta blow up the big old cgi space station oh, and then that'll stop all the droids from beating up all the fake cgi gungans and there and you, i'm telling you you're just mentioning it makes me want to die <laughs> <laughs> but i am telling you these marvel movies you know they get a lot more respect than the prequel trilogy yeah. of of uh, star wars and you know there's a lot of superhero movies too like all of the DCEU movies are pretty much guilty of this too, mm. this third act CGI excess. And um, it's hardly ever fun. It mm. feels like you should be having fun because there's a lot going on and there's a lot of silly concepts, but it's just, it's not. Yeah. I would, okay, and may, stop me if I'm going too far and I'm about to com commit blasphemy. Avengers Infinity War is a great get together of heroes and fun interaction until they bring in all that bullshit at the end like i even hate avengers infinity wars third act until the snap like when it's the battle with mm -hmm. those random like xenomorph ripoffs that oh, is yeah. not at all exciting to me and yeah. it feels very impersonal and it's hard to be invested there's like there's moments that are designed for your first watch that you get hyped for. Like, mm -hmm. oh, Thor's back and he's yeah. got his shit. Um, that's it. Yeah. You know, it, it has such little rewatchability in it. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I kind of feel that way about Infinity War, but I feel like Endgame's final climax is the most fun I've had in like a third act Marvel movie. Oh, Endgame. So here's what I think is different about the two is like Endgame bothered to make it like personal yeah you know, i don't know and also like well maybe they didn't though because it's endgame I mean, got away with having the same third act as infinity war essentially kinda, they were like yeah. let's just do the rematch i just think it was better it was better i d yeah. but i don't know how to explain why it was better because i think it was Okay, obviously there's a lot of fan service. There's a lot of fan yeah. moments, like, you know, Captain America picking up Thor's hammer and everything like that. But there's also just a lot of, like, there's, in Endgame, there's a lot of callbacks to, and I guess you could put it under, like, fan service moments, but I, I think it falls under a, a whole new thing where it's like, 
you're you're basically bringing things full circle like Captain America picking up you know Thor's hammer that's a character Ooh. moment and like every everybody's experiencing character moments within this final battle I'm going to coin a term right now okay Timon and Pumbaa effect Timon and Pumbaa effect. You know in The Lion King. Yes. When there's they're... the big battle going on. Yes. And then the hyenas happen upon Pumbaa. And earlier in the movie, there's been some disrespect. Uh, and also, there's a chance for pop culture reference here. Instead of like Mr. Tibbs, you know, they call me Mr. Pig. And you get yeah. hype because Pumbaa and Timon are beating up the hyenas. Yeah. That is... They, I mean, that is the effect yeah, that yeah. they're going for in all of these superhero movies. It's like, callback, character yeah. you know that hasn't been around for a little bit, has re-entered dramatically to beat up bad guy B. They're not beating up the main bad guy, though, so it's just pointless fun. Because, like, yeah. you don't get anything out of those hyenas getting beat up, really. Right. But when Simba beats up Scar on top of that, you know, the culmination is like... A good time was had by all. Mm -hmm. And uh, Endgame, same thing. You know, it's like, Parker, you've got something for me. And like, bam, let's pass Captain Marvel the Infinity Gauntlet. She can't win yet because she's not one of the main characters in in Endgame. You know, you got to give it to like Iron Man or someone. And then boom, Iron Man beats the the big bad and we, we get to move on. Lion King, Endgame... Every superhero movie ever, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Oh, because, I mean, the Timon and Pumbaa effect is in The Dark Knight Rises, too. You know? Catwoman rolls up, blasts bang, and yeah, goes, yeah. that rule about guns? Yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> 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 that would have been fucking hilarious if in, like, The Dark Knight, you know, that part where Batman's fighting the Joker and he's got the dogs and stuff... And like, I'm trying to think of a ridiculous. Oh God, no! But like, um, I want it. I I can't. I can't decide. Should it be like Alfred or should it be Rachel? (laughs) (laughs) Rachel shows up and be like, Bruce, (laughs) I told you that Batman couldn't be here for the city. But I'll be here for Batman. <laughs> and she like blasts the Joker. Or 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 Alfred comes in with a fucking flamethrower and he's like, We burn down the forest. <laughs> I've told you, Mr. Wayne. Some people just wanna watch the, the world, world burn. burn. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking kills Joker by incinerating him. <laughs> Somebody animate it. Somebody We need it. Timon and Pumbaa effect. Timon and Pumbaa effect. I like that. It's true though. They go. They do go for that in yeah. the original Batman Begins because like the way he beats Liam Neeson is just a joke. He's like, "Hey, homie, you should you should be like aware of your surroundings." And he's like, "What?" Well, and it's like, yeah. or like, "I'm not gonna kill you. This, yeah. this train is." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Goodbye. The, that's the quote. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Almost quotes is back to mind over movies. <laughs> yes, almost quotes. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start making compilations. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, fuck. What were we even gonna talk about? Today? Well, like, I, I that, that was just a fun little mini topic. Is like, should movies be less expensive? Yeah, they should. I guess so. Well, okay. So to add on as like an afterthought, 
the reason they're getting so expensive is because the technology we're using to make them is fucking expensive. You know how they made the Mandalorian. Yeah. They're doing that with a bunch of like Disney's doing that with a bunch of movies and like a like I can't remember what it was. Um, there was a <sighs> Black Widow. There was so much CGI to the point that when um, Scarlett Johansson and um, Florence Pugh were sitting in the bar talking in the first half of the movie. That's CGI. Completely green screen and CGI. Yes. So it's like, would it have been less expensive to just shoot this in a bar? Yes. But it's the it's the fact that I think Marvel especially has to hide their secrets, you know, for, for, so we can experience all these things in the theater. Yeah. And really the only time that paid off for me was Endgame. Infinity War and yeah. I think. But in what they're trying to do it with like every single release they have, they're like no spoilers. So I think by shooting in a studio in a green screen, that eliminates a lot of the, you know, the paparazzi or so whoever getting photos and leaking uh stuff. Uh that may be why they're doing it, but I don't know. I I will say like it's hard to go shoot a movie like yeah. on location. You know, like there that rugged charm of like the first Star Wars movie comes from the fact that making it was an absolute like fucking Shit horror yeah. yeah for for everyone involved like george lucas went to tunisia and he came out a different person right. because it was hell you know yeah. it was too hot and like the movie was saved in like editing and yeah. nowadays i mean especially with the marvel movies they have every beat pre-planned before mm. the movie even enters production like you've you've heard or i think we've talked about the fact that they like pre-render the fight fight scenes scenes. like years in advance like in 2016 they had the avengers infinity war fight scene with thanos pre-rendered so that those vfx could be ready to go and you just have to film the rest of the movie around that and that's insane like that's ridiculous i think that's what maybe is the hard part about you know these expensive movies is we're seeing a lot of, or we're seeing like a very low percentage of directors and filmmakers with access to those tools with no experience in using them. And mm-hmm. so they're often s- studio led movies or I'm, I'm going to bash this movie. Um, the Irishman. I think that's complete excess. Like, I think, you know, that's a cool way to keep De Niro and Pesci and uh al pacino like in the movie all throughout the runtime but like i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it back to my boy mikey flanagan again like just maybe hire some younger goddamn actors who like resemble the 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 actors that they're the playing the younger right. counterpart of, I, yeah you know? I, I think what it is is honestly um with in the specific case of the irishman martin scorsese is just like Man, he's getting old. Okay? Yeah. And so is Pesci, De Niro, and, and Pacino. And I think he wanted to give them, you know, like another film, like back in the old days. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you, we want, I he he's like, I want you to act. You know, we can do this de-aging stuff. And I also think Martin Scorsese, while he has his criticisms of how the, the way cinema is working nowadays, I still think he wants to try new things. So I think yeah. that technology being available to him maybe just got some gears turning in his head like you know i want to try that that'd be cool but then again yeah it's completely excessive in that movie like it's kind of ridiculous how 
the links that they went through just to do that. It's it's just so hard to not have this kind of movie though these days. I mean, as an indie director, you essentially, you know, have to self-produce mm-hmm. or you have to find someone who's crazy enough to give you creative vision and even then, if they've got a lot of money behind the project, they might want to throw a lot of extra shit in. And that's I think that's what's so frustrating is like there's less new voices that are coming Mm -hmm. up like i don't remember the last time i went to the theater and i found a really cool debut feature from a new director who wasn't already previously established in the studio life you know yeah like i feel like most what sorry i was about to say i remember the last one that i it was hereditary oh yeah ari aster is probably the last one Mm -hmm. and he i mean he was welcomed very quickly into the we'll give you a lot of money to make what you wanted to make because he's very good at that right and i think jordan peele is also good as well but i think jordan peele uh well actually you know what that was a risk for whoever produced get out blumhouse because well this is what's great yeah low budget movie Mm -hmm. um a comedy star mostly and you're you're gonna let him direct a serious horror movie and write it you know that was a lot of faith put up there um and i mean people who weren't quite household names but who have been around uh in leading roles i mean like daniel kaluuya had been in like black mirror before Mm -hmm, and a couple mm -hmm. other things but i mean he wasn't like no, he wasn't as famous as he was. And he was from the UK. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, same with Bradley Whitford. He really blew up after Get Out too, mm-hmm. And he's been around forever also. I mean, yeah. in West Wing and then Cabin in the Woods. But like, uh, and, and even like Catherine fucking uh, Keener. She's in there yeah. and she had kind of a career revival. Right. Like that's the thing is it's Pulp Fiction effect. You know, like yeah. Tarantino didn't have the biggest budget in the world to make Pulp Fiction. But, you know, real talent came to that movie anyway. And it revitalized like indie movies. It revitalized the career of John Travolta. It invigorated the yeah. career of Samuel L. Jackson. You know, it, it made people. Right. Have you, say, have you seen the uh, the clip of what Quentin Tarantino said to John Travolta on Pulp Fiction? No. He was, like, when John Travolta took the role, that was when he was, he was super down. And he was like, I don't know why the fuck I'm in this movie. And Quentin Tarantino, like, pulled him to the side. Was like, what are you fucking doing? Because I think they did a take or something. And then he's like, you were, like, the man. Like, I grew up watching your shit. He's like, you're an amazing actor, and yada, you've just got to, like, get over yourself and do this for me. He's like, you're an Like, he basically, you know, just, at, like, pummeled him, but at the same time gave him a bunch of confidence. And, like, you know, now it's, like, Travolta's big, yeah. you know, Wahoo. They're like, Travolta in Pulp Fiction is fucking amazing. It's because Quentin Tarantino basically, you know, yelled at him. And yeah. he was like, you're an amazing actor. Like, stop, you know, moping. Mm. Um crazy stuff that that is a uh a interesting topic we could get into sometime i mean the shelly duvall effect and the, and the mean director Shelley trying to get it do you not know about yes, how yes. how mean that Stanley was a Kubrick? horrible horrible tragedy though <laughs> yeah of what he did to her well have you seen like modern photos of shelly duvall yeah she she looks rough and also yeah. she is going through it like she's very mentally ill mm-hmm. these days i i don't know if it's linked to like 
previous treatment. I think she said that it's that it all goes back to that movie. That's why she never acted again. Oh my gosh. Was The Shining. Which I mean that is that is such like a, a source of of uh what how do I say this? Like I want like I love The Shining. You know, we love mm-hmm. these movies, and then you look at, like, what happened to an actual human being because of the movie. Same thing with fucking one of my favorite directors, uh, Bernardo Bertolucci. He worked with a uh, um, guy who played first Superman. Uh, oh, Christopher Reeve? Uh, no, the guy who played Superman. Uh, or, what? The Godfather. What is his name? Oh, Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Him and Marlon Brando coordinated a rape scene... With an actress that she didn't know was going to happen. Horrid. Hor- actually, absolutely horrible. But, you know, Bertolucci is, is known for some very fantastic films. But yeah. it's just like, man, what the fuck? Yeah, the, this whole, like, sacrifice. And that's something that's really... Uh, that is something that's really good about studio culture. Is, like, people can't get away with that shit. You know, you can't have... anymore. Yeah, you can't you can't like fucking mentally traumatize someone yeah. on set because there's actually like HR departments and scandals and accountability like something that is is good about our modern culture in general is we hold people accountable for mm-hmm. being shitty and this is something that hopefully I like to think like people would have been held accountable for and actually suffered consequences for back in like the 80s and 70s like if it had come out that you know kubrick did that shit to shelly duvall and you know it it was reported widely like i feel like people might have like held him accountable Mm -hmm. well i don't know i guess people knew back then right maybe like they, I, i'm sure in the, the film circle people knew like in the industry but to the general public you know that's what's different now is the public yeah. knows about it instead of this industry circle yeah i think that's the main difference and that's it's crazy how how long that went on where what the industry knew and what the public knew was mm. segregated because nowadays you know it's it's all one in the same and mm. that's why you know shitheads you like really get what's coming to them but like to hear for like how long people knew about weinstein and like mm-hmm. spacey and there's even like bill cosby jokes like yeah. going way back to like the 2000s like what the fuck like what how did we yeah. let this happen um wow yeah that that seems like a whole another episode i do we have anything lighthearted? We've, we've just been teasing future episodes. This episode is just the teaser for future episodes right. because Casey hasn't watched Shang-Chi yet, so I'm he sorry. can't talk spoilers. No, that's okay. <coughs> it, it's kind of hard to find time to go see a movie. It yeah. Out. Well, speaking of lighter topics slash finding time, I haven't had a lot of time because uh, this this coming Friday I'm shooting a film for three days. Uh, and so, which brings me to the point that maybe next week we might be on a hiatus. Yeah. Because I don't know when we're going to get to record. I will be completely out of pocket Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and possibly Monday. Um, but yeah, I'm shooting a film. I drove to Marshall this morning to, con- to confirm a location. Um, and then the rest of the film is going to be CGI. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. I'm glad that you're you're just jumping right into the, to the studio way to make a movie. Yeah. Um, well, then... Because we have a bit of a hiatus, we 
kind of want to throw it back to you guys. You know, yes. we had a poll for last week's episode, um, and there were other options on there. I think we're going to put up another poll, and we can see what you guys want. Also, um, still very interested in having a guest on yes. in the near future. Maybe we might coordinate something, if not for next episode, for an episode soon-ish. Soon, yeah. Soon. So, I mean, obviously, if anyone out there is listening to this and they want a guest, hit me up. I know a couple of people have, have contacted me before asking if they want to get on the show, and we'll we'll uh we'll try our darndest we yeah. sure did love having our guests we jacob and, and natalie they were yes. great that was i i think guests would be or they are i mean we've had mm-hmm. jacob and natalie that was amazing i but i i really want more yeah uh, so yeah if uh yeah you know i mean we're i mean this is like a pretty we're not uh is there a sentence yeah. <laughs> uh, there was i'm not sure where it was going we're mean it's not like it's not we're like our. Uh, uh, you ever have a dream? Hey guys, did when you um, um when you that you wish you could, could um, he, um, um that he would do you so much you could do anything <laughs> you could do anything. Um, yes, we love them. Let's do it. Uh, we'll put up that poll when this episode comes out. Y'all go vote. Um, let us know what you want to hear about, and we'll try our darndest to talk about it. Ooh, can I tell you a nightmare I had last night to close this one out? Yes, yes, let's go. Um, I had a nightmare that Kanye West and some, like, I think Slender Man or someone was in the basement of some house making Donda. A dead, like, dead ass. I, I don't know. It real? was Yes, it oh was scary. But I don't remember the details super clearly. But yeah, it was Kanye and some, like, scary, scary individual making Donda. And I was like, they were making weird noises down there and i was like trying to go down there and someone was like stop they're making donda down there (laughs) but like i went down there and i I think i pissed off either kanye or the scary guy but i don't remember too much i just remember being afraid and walking out of that with the concrete details (laughs) that are making donda down there did he tell you to go find God and come back when you found God? I wish. I wish he had given me some insightful some advice knowledge. or something. I mean, Slenderman being featured on Donda <laughs> would be pretty sick, though. I think yeah, that's I what think, I'm taking out of it. I think so. Well, goodbye. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>